Hey Shepherd, welcome to Digital Worship This Week. I'm Pastor John Carolis, and it's good to be back with you here in the studio. As you can see in the beginning of this new year, we've got some changes around here in the other corner of our studio, as you've seen our new podcast backdrop, and now we've got uh, some different looks behind us over here in this part of the studio as well. And that kind of reflects the spirit of what it means to step into a new year. Sometimes we try new things, we try to establish new habits, we want to take hold of an opportunity to sort of reset, maybe get back into a discipline that we've been missing, or we want to get into a more healthy lifestyle or reestablish some relationships. We want to work on ourselves. New Year's resolutions are a popular topic, and it's fitting that as we begin this five-week series called Good Goals, Life Guided by God's Word, we touch on the idea of resolutions. You see, each of us wants something out of life, and At the beginning of a new year, we sort of have an opportunity to reprioritize what those desires are. And especially as Christians, we have an opportunity to establish maybe what our expectations or desires of God's guidance in our life might be. Do we want to set a new habit where we're involved with Him? I know a number of people are trying to read through the Bible this year, maybe for the first time. Or maybe you're trying to establish a prayer habit. Either way, as we go through life, sometimes we expect things of God. We want Him to move in our life. We want Him to lead us into our decision-making and help us to, to create the best life possible for ourselves, for our families, for the people we are responsible for, and those that we provide for. And so today we're going to hear a familiar story from Matthew chapter 2. The story of the wise men as they come to adore the newborn king. We're going to hear the story and maybe catch an example for ourselves as to what our posture should be as we step into the starting line, as we step into this new season, this opportunity to reset, to to take hold of our freedom, to take hold of our agency, to take hold of our independence, and walk toward new goals that maybe we have in mind. So over the next five weeks, we'll be talking about how to establish good goals for ourselves, but it starts with our posture. If we are Christians who expect God to be moving in our lives, to be speaking guidance toward us, to be helping us make decisions and enable us to to take more faithful steps, better steps in our lives, it's important for us to have the right posture, to have the right listening ear, to have the right mindset so that we might be guided by God in an accurate, in a faithful way, rather than just sort of trying to divine whether or not he is leading us toward this decision or that decision. Walking with God is a much more secure and stable way for us to be led by him. So let's hear this passage from Matthew chapter 2, and then we'll share, uh, we'll dig into a little bit deeper what it means to have that right posture. From Matthew chapter 2, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went on ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. 
when they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. All right, so what does this familiar story and charming story of the wise men have to do with the posture that we have toward God as we expect to have him lead us into this this season of our lives, these five weeks in front of us, and hopefully set the tone for the entire next year, maybe for the rest of our lives? Well, let's notice a few details. First of all, some context. Who are these wise men? Where do they come from? Where did they go? Who are they? What do they mean? What was their story? Well, to be honest with you, we don't have a lot of details about these men from the biblical text. The ancient church tradition going back as early as the second century seems to give them some traditional names and some traditional places of origin, but that's of course not according to the scriptures. That's just according to the best guess of the church fathers about 200-300 years after Jesus ascended back to heaven. So it's not that we should totally reject those traditions, but it does give us some insight as to the fact that we don't exactly know who they were or where they came from except that the Bible tells us they came from the east. Maybe it was present-day India or Pakistan, maybe present-day Iraq or Iran. It could have been further east. It could have been a little bit closer. We're not sure, but what's important to keep in mind is how these these rulers uh, approached this idea of worshiping the king. Now, tradition also says there was three of them. Of course, the Bible doesn't specifically say three, but there were three gifts. So we'll just kind of go with that idea of there having been three gift givers to go with the three gifts. But what can we learn from these three wise men? I love the popular Christmas theme. The popular Christmas, uh, uh, maybe it's on a tea towel or a sweater you've seen, or maybe just on some Christmas cards, it says, wise men still seek him. And it comes from this story in Matthew chapter 2. You see, the wise men were seeking the king to worship him. They were masters of the stars. They recognized the patterns in the stars and what was being told to them according to, uh, the, according to the shapes that they saw in the sky. And this might sound a little bit odd to us, especially in the present day where our idea of astrology and astronomy is sometimes convoluted and, and we try to stay away from things like horoscopes and, and fortune telling when it comes to signs in the sky. But for whatever reason, these, these wise men were led to Jerusalem. They were led from the east to the west to the place where the, the king's city, to the place where the king of Israel was reigning, King Herod. They came to the city expecting to find the king, expecting to find a newborn Messiah. And they said to the king and to the ruling priests, we have seen the star of the one to be born. Where can we find him? Where is he supposed to be born? And this kind of freaks out the king and his ruling religious leaders. In fact, the text says in the original languages, the whole city was in a frenzy. Everyone was was, uh, uh, worried, anxious about the fact that the Messiah was born. And of course, their expectations were all across the map as to what he was supposed to do and how he would claim his place as the king over over his people and eventually over the world. And so a uh, a lot of emotions were swirling around, but they dug through the text And they found that it was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And so the wise men set on their way toward Bethlehem. They were led by the star. They went to the house and they bowed down before the king, before the baby Jesus himself. They knelt down and humbled themselves before Jesus and they presented their gifts to him. Precious gifts, gifts of unfathomable, 
inestimable worth, especially for a poor family with a newborn baby staying in a house they probably were renting or, or using at the kindness of somebody. After all, they were in Bethlehem for the census. They hadn't yet fled to Egypt and then returned to Nazareth. So these wise men kneel down before the newborn king. These rich men of resource and wealth and, and power and authority humbling themselves before a baby who is at the mercy of the world, who is highly dependent on his mother, and they present these gifts to him. Now, there's three little details in that story that I think are very important and helpful for us. You see, Jesus certainly comes to save us and rescue us from our sin. And he establishes the way for us to have a relationship with our creator. But the question may be, well, what about after that? Say I believe in Jesus. Say I have faith. I know that God's real and I know that it's only through Jesus I can be saved. But what effect does that have on my life? Well, if we take that sentiment with this desire we have to be led by God, to be, to be involved in a vibrant and, and, and deep relationship, personal relationship with him, we need to understand, first of all, how we should be postured before him. If we want God to be involved intimately and vibrantly in our lives, how important is it for us to understand who we are before him? who we are before his son, Jesus, the Messiah, the reigning king who conquered death and is sitting at the throne in heaven, preparing a place for you and I to come. In the meantime, he sends his spirit to guide us. But what should our posture be? I think we can look to these three uh, examples, these three details in the text of the wise men and understand wonderful beginning first steps of our posture to be led by God in life. First of all, these wise men recognized the significance of the king of the world. They were open to the fact that they were not the most important people on the face of the earth. They were not the most important rulers at the time. In fact, they recognized the significance of the ruler of all things, the creator of the world, the king being born in Bethlehem. And they said, we need to go worship him. That's our first key, our first detail. We are encouraged by this text to take that same mindset of being ready to acknowledge the significance of the king of the world. Are you and are you ready to worship and acknowledge the great significance of God being born in Bethlehem of worshiping the king who has come to rescue you? Are you worshiping God? Are you adoring God? Are you open to acknowledging that he is more important than you or me? Our first step is humility. Next they turn to the religious leaders of the present day Israel, or I should say of, of the ancient day of Israel, they turned to the rulers of Jerusalem, the king, the civil authority, and the religious leaders, those who knew the Bible and the scriptures and the ancient law. And they allowed that text to guide them on their way. These wise men, even though it's just a detail in the story, every detail is important. And this detail is they turned to scripture to be their guide. They were uh, they may not have been familiar with the scriptures themselves, and so they turned to the teachers of that scripture, to the authorities God had established, the people to the people He had given the important role of of teaching others the text, of of helping to develop an understanding of God's word and the way that God speaks through His through His given word, the written word, the the words of the prophets and of the law. The wise men were open to being taught by that word. I think that's an important step for us to take as well. Are we in the word of God? Are we reading the word? Are we being taught the word through worship and through the teachers God has given us? Are we engaging with his word so that we might become acquainted with how his voice sounds, the way that he speaks, the message that he has for us? It's important for us to turn to this living and breathing word of God 
that it might be the thing that guides our days and our nights, our minds and our hearts, our thoughts and our emotions. His word has a way of shaping us. And we, when we engage in that word in a humble and moldable way, we begin to recognize the way that God speaks. And finally, when they became face-to-face with the King Jesus himself, they knelt down before him. That was their posture before Jesus. The wise men came and brought great gifts, which no doubt had great value. And they probably were dressed in, in glorious clothing, beautiful textiles, expensive threads. And they knelt down before this humble baby in rough strips of cloth. They were not too proud to get the, the dust of that house so that the dust of the floor of that house on their expensive robes, they humbled themselves before Jesus and said, you lead me. You see, a problem that many of us face when it comes to stepping into these new seasons is we expect God to do it on our own terms. We want him to satisfy our goals and our desires and help us hit our targets and help us develop ourselves in the way that we expect. But unless we are ready to take on this humble posture, of acknowledging the glory and and uh, the glory of the the, the born and and incarnate King, if we're ready to worship Jesus Himself, acknowledge that He is greater than we are, and then we're ready to be shaped by His Word. When we come face to face with His presence, whether that be through the Christian conversations that we share with our brothers and sisters, whether that be through the amazing things we see out in creation that just hit us in a powerful way, or even when we come to church. We hear his word preached to us. We receive his gifts of of communion, his body and blood in that sacrament, that holy mystery. Or when we witness the baptism of somebody who is being born into the faith and brought into God's family, how do we approach those moments? Are we proud, expecting God to show up in some way that meets our expectations? Or are we humble, listening? laying our gifts before him and saying, Lord, you use me, you lead me, you teach me. I encourage you over the next week to pray about where God might be leading you, to pray about setting aside your pride so that you might humbly take on the posture of a king worshiping the king of all kings, someone who's journeyed a great way, someone who has put a great, a great deal of attention and effort into finding your place before Jesus. And in prayer, approaching him and saying, Lord, help me to hear your voice. Lead me to worship you. Lead me to hear your word. Lead me to humbly trust you so that when you speak, I hear. And when I hear, I do as you say. And then as we step into these five weeks together of establishing good goals for ourselves, we might know that they're the good goals God has for us. So good to be with you in this format as we begin to step into this new year together. Happy New Year. May God bless you with a great year. And as you take on this season of goals, may he lead you to a place where you know what his desires for you might be.